Welcome to the It Is What It Is podcast powered by the Riot Report. I am Josh Klein, managing editor of the Riot Report. Sitting 90 degrees to my right is Zach Luttrell, who just did a weird thing where he was trying to figure out where 90 degrees are <laughs> for the audio podcast. I still hold my thumbs up to figure out left and right, too. That was, so. Yeah, no, that was just a good quality joke for the audio podcaster listener. Uh, welcome to It Is What It Is. We are excited that you are here listening to us, and we are excited to be talking some Panthers football. Uh, what we try to do here on the podcast is we try to take a couple days off, let our emotions run heavy for the entire night of Sunday night after a game. Take Monday, look at the film, make sure we know what we're talking about. Then we come in on Tuesday and we talk about what it is because it is what it is. We try to maybe take, take a step back from all the hot takes and the emotions and just talk about how it is what it is. Yeah. And I'm glad because my emotions on Sunday were very high. That's actually one of the few games I've left early. One in wow. recent memory, I remember leaving Seattle early. Um, but a couple of things that game sucked towards the end. I was tired of being there, and I remember how big of a pain in the ass it is to leave the Superdome. You have to walk like a whole mile, mm-hmm. which is a lot for me down Poydras Street. <laughs> Poydras because you can't catch a cab or an Uber anywhere outside of the Superdome after the game gets out. So I decided to go ahead and get out of there and uh, make my way over to Harris and had a great time over there. I'm sure that you did. That is why we are all sitting here in expensive robes and have gold coins strewn about us at the Huga Podcast Studio sponsored product maybe no they're yeah. not they're not a sponsor not yet are you listening Huga come on over uh we are going to talk about the New Orleans Saints games we're going to look ahead to the NFC playoff picture we're going to talk about the Vikings coming up next Sunday and then towards the tail end of the podcast we've got a uh, I had a chat with the newest member of the Carolina Panthers active roster defensive end Zach Moore, who actually had some uh, interesting insight on the Vikings themselves. He was out. He was on the Vikings. Oh yeah, yeah. He is a former Viking, and uh, just a really nice guy. He's also got a very sweet beard. In case you're uh, in case you're curious about that, so I make was. sure you stick around at the end. But first, first, let me tell you how much I love New Orleans. Yeah, are you a fan of New Orleans? Yeah, how could you not be? I, I like sandwiches. I think a lot of Panther fans give the city of New Orleans a lot of shit just because the you know the the Saints are there. I mean, I, it's probably a little bit of it's dirty, right? It yeah. smells bad if you're all on the Bourbon best cities Street. do. Yeah, exactly. But man. I love New Orleans. I have some family from there. I was married in New Orleans, so uh, it's basically like a second home to me. So I always love the big, easy takeover and linking up with the NOLA riot. And, uh, man, we had a great turnout down there. Um, the local guys put together a nice bar crawl on Saturday night. And, you know, I think I said in the last podcast, they keep us off of Bourbon Street. They take us to some um, you know more local-type joints. So that's always fun to do and to, you know, share everybody those kind of places. And, um Man, just packed out handsome Willies on Saturday. You you had it to was leave crazy. You had to leave a little early, so you actually didn't see the full uh, attendance before you guys left. But there was still a good crew there when uh, when you guys took off, right? Oh yeah, no, it was crazy. I was walking through there, and it was like legitimately like a 
like being at a bar in Charlotte, maybe even a little bit more crowded with Panther fans than yeah. it was at a bar, in, that it would be at a bar in Charlotte. We were actually, there's a thread we were tweeting out of all the comments we heard uh, some Saints fans saying, and they were, it was fan, the Saints that were at the, the same tailgate oh, yeah. that we were. And I mean, one of the times we were standing by the restroom waiting in line and one of the Saints fans walked by and he's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. All these Panther fans, this is ridiculous. I saw a bunch of people walking out in Saints gear being like, oh, I didn't realize Handsome Willie's was a Carolina bar. <laughs> Except they had that weird New Orleans accent with a talk a lot. But, oh, whoa, huh, I can't. I can't even do a good impression of it. But no, that was bad. Uh, no, it was bad. bad. Yeah. No, they sound like the Water Boy. But we also got to pull off something that was pretty cool that we don't always get the opportunity to do, and we actually pulled off an effective march to the stadium. So. Uh, we were only about three and a half, maybe four blocks away um, from the dome at Handsome Willie's, and somehow we were able to go to the bar and convince, I would say probably 65% of the people that were there, maybe a little bit higher, that we were going to all leave right then. In five minutes, we were all leaving. Go outside. It's pretty impressive to get a big group of people out the door at the same time. I mean, I know when I, I've been in those situations where I'm not organizing the event, and somebody's like, hey, we're going to do this right now, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing anything, man. It helps the fact that you can take your drinks to go. Bingo! That's the key. <laughs> oh, i got to finish my leave. beer before. No, just bring it with you, and we're going to walk to the dome together. But that's what happened. Uh, it was very cool. We we. You know, walked the first couple blocks, and then when we were about a block away, we all stopped and regrouped and just got really tight as a group. And then you walk underneath this little um, overpass, so it just it echoed the you know the keep pounding chants that we were doing and the uh, you know let's go Panthers chants. Just it magnified the sound or amplified, I guess would be the right word. And, um, and then when we came out of the tunnel, you're just right there at the dome, and it's you know tons of Saints fans, and here we are, this little Panther uh, second line, if you will, showing up at the dome. So hey, that was great blast uh you know even the first two drives were great and uh, you know downhill from there yeah well that was pretty much the end of the end of the game right it was after the first five minutes <laughs> i should have the, caught yeah. the cab to harris then exactly just headed on out seven seven it's done after i hung the roaring riot flag uh, for five minutes and the cop told me i had to take it down and you know, it was the end of the game at that point yep that's all that counts did he <laughs> he asked you to take it down uh at what point in the game I was still pretty early. Still oh, the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. We, we waited a little bit, then hung it up. You know, we were looking around to make sure there were some other banners. There were, um, and for those of you who don't know, we were on the front row, so we wanted to hang the flag. Ooh, la Yeah, the Roaring Riot flag up there. So as soon as we put it up, I don't even think it was five minutes, the cop came over and said, you have to take that down. And I said, well, what about all the other banners and flags? You know, of course, I'm going to tell on everybody else, sure. right? And uh, he said, well, that's not my area. And I'm like, I, I would have felt a lot better if he just said, well, those are Saints banners, so I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Who do you think, which player on the Saints would be the most likely to come by and rip down the banner? Not Drew Brees, because it's a little high up for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zing! Uh, he's short! I don't know, after seeing that interview uh, of the two running backs after, I think Kamara with his uh, with his grill and his uh, nose rings. Are we ready to talk about the He definitely the wanted to rip it down and, and trash it. That, uh, that running back duo is fantastic. I mean, they are... Uh, just as advertised like I knew Kamara was going to be good and you yeah. watch him on tape but then you see him in real life and it's just I, I mean he made the Panthers look ridiculous when we sat here last week and and said that the Panthers knew they needed to stop the run and uh, how'd that go for them <laughs> not not a so good huh? uh the the thing is is that that I was actually uh that I wanted to get your take on hmm. just just a quick overall thing about the defense um so the defense we knew was was a little bit older coming into the season, right? And uh, now that we are in the week in the thirteenth week, 
Uh, let me throw a stat at you here. First eight games of the year, the Panthers were allowing 264 yards every game. The last four games, they've allowed 365 yards a game. Last how many games? Last four. Ooh, but two of those were wins. Three of those are wins. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Hmm. D- but did you, they win? Are you because of, Did that, they win because of the defense? No. They are you won implying a bunch of games. that they're that they're old and breaking down and getting tired? Uh, I think maybe. A little. Or do you think maybe there were some injury problems on there as well? On the defense? Sure. Who was injured? Thomas Davis? Thomas Davis. Who Shaq's else? been injured. Mm, Shaq got At injured in the fourth quarter of, la- of the last game of, uh, of the game against the Jets. Yeah, and he got re-injured. He, he hurt his leg in the first half against the Saints. Would it shock you to know that the Saints game was not the game that they allowed the most yardage in? Yeah, it would. Yeah, it's true. Which game? The Jets? Uh, it was the Jets. No kidding. Yep. And the thing is, is that they, yes, they have had some injuries, but that happens when you have an older defense. Yeah. And yes, three of those were wins, but they didn't win the Jets game because of the defense. They didn't win the Dolphins game because of the defense. They were winning games in the first month of the season because of the strength on the strength of the defense is how they were winning games. And now maybe they're winning in spite of the defense. Wow, that's a that's a scary thought. That's yes, scary, it is. It's a scary take. It is. It's a especially uh, facing the number four offense this weekend. Yeah, well, uh, we'll get to the Vikings, and they are absolutely terrifying. So, what are some of the things you're seeing? I mean, it was pretty obvious that the the the, the holes in the line were. I mean, what were there? 240 rushing yards? Did well, I see that correctly? Let's hear. Let's hear for uh, from. Defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes okay. on what he thought happened Good. in the game. He's not here. I just want that to be clear. <laughs> this is not a live on to you, Steve. monologue. On oh, to Steve, you, Coach what's Wilkes. up, Steve? Put that coffee down. Well, uh, standing before you, disappointing loss yesterday. Uh, you really got to give the Saints a lot of credit. You know, those guys played exceptionally well. Uh, they made some plays uh, when we didn't. You know, uh, I don't want to sit here and say it was really uh, self-inflicted. Uh, but a lot of things that we did on defense yesterday uh, can't happen. We lost the gap a couple of times, particularly on the uh, long run, 72-yard run there. Um, Got to be uh, in much better position there. And then across the board, just the missed tackles. Um, one of the things we got to definitely make sure we correct, and uh, we will this week. Uh, the biggest thing moving forward is really just emphasizing once again um, our run fits, uh, fundamentals and technique. Uh, as I said before, this time of the year is, is when it really shows up. So uh, I take full responsibility for this. Uh, and once again, uh, we'll get it corrected, starting with me. And moving forward, uh, we've got a big task ahead of us this week uh, with the Vikings. Those guys are playing extremely well. And uh, we're going to get our focus as soon as we finish watching the film against the Saints, get our mind ready for the uh, Vikings. And with that, I'll take questions. First question, Steve. No. So- <laughs> So did Coach Wilkes just really say it is what it is? Did he just tell it how it is right there? Yeah, he bro- he basically broke it down. He said that the pan- the defense did not play. The defense played poorly, and yes, the Saints offense is very good, but it doesn't get any easier from here, and the defense is going to have to play at that high level if the Panthers are going to want to make the playoffs. So what was happening there? The Panthers missed, I think it was 12 tackles. Is that correct? Yeah, some are 12 plus. So <laughs> it felt like plus. Um I mean, that feels pretty uncharacteristic for a Panthers defense. And, you know, this one this year, especially what happened there? What was going on? Uh, 
I don't know. They, they, <laughs> the thing is, is that like it's hard to talk about broken tackles and why why they were missing tackles. They weren't wrapping up. They weren't doing their fundamentals. They weren't making the right plays. I think sometimes you have to tip your cap a little bit as well. I think that uh, you know that Alvin Kamara fourth down run. They had the Panthers had three guys around him, and he still managed to. Yeah, but Shaq just goes and pops him hard, doesn't wrap him up. He also take... weighs fifty pounds more than Alvin yeah. Kamara. Well, like that, sent him that knocks though, down ninety percent of the running backs in the league. Higher percentage, maybe. Right. And yeah, they they missed tackles. They didn't wrap up. You like to you'd like to get him on it, but I'm not I'm not convinced that if Shaq Thompson had gone to make a standard football tackle that you see in all the books, that Kamara would have gone down at the one. Yeah. What happened on that 72-yard run? Did you see them? Uh, they had a hole that they could drive a Mack <laughs> truck through. So. Why was there a hole? Is that one of the gap misassignments? Um, it it is. I mean, the, the thing is is that when you talk about tackling and, and gap discipline and stuff, basically these guys each have, a, have, a, have an area of the field to account for, and when one guy misses their gap, the whole defense suffers. So if that is supposed to be where Thomas Davis is and maybe he's two steps slow in getting there because he's got a hurt hamstring. I'm just that that is not what it is. That is just what it might be. Uh, <laughs> or you know what I'm saying like the like when when somebody can't get to their gap, whether they're not there because of a mental breakdown, a physical breakdown or or they just get blocked. They're still if you're not in that gap, you're going to allow a successful team to rush against you. So I know that play, there was some controversy because of the, the false start uh, penalty that wasn't called. That looked pretty obvious when you go back and look at the replay. Do you think that had any effect on what the defense was doing right there? Did that mentally take them out of their formation before the, the ball was snapped? I don't. I, I think that, you so, know what, the, the yes, maybe Ingram and the fullback did look like they false started on, on that play. But we take a look at that, Pete Frisco's new power. Oh, geez. Oh, hey. the top Hello. <laughs> Uh, and also, I just don't think that that hole was there whether Ingram false started or not. Yeah. It's not like they had an advantage, and that's what allowed their Julius Peppers and uh, the defensive tackle to get split out and part like the Red Sea. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't just the running game either. I felt like Drew Brees just had his way with the secondary. I mean, every time he passed, I swear it seemed like the receivers were wide open every single time. Yeah, no, I mean... I. I agree with you, but at the same time, like their their offense, the Saints' offense is good, so you kind of have to tip your cap a little bit. But I don't think that uh, I I just don't think that they were they played well enough. The Panthers just did not play well enough to beat a good team. They played well enough to beat the Jets. They played well enough to beat the Dolphins. But again, like you're saying, like you like you've informed me, not defensively. No. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Defensively, they have not played well enough to to beat the Saints. And if they play like they did on Sunday, this Sunday, they're not going to beat the Vikings either. Right. So, I mean, that the defense has to play better. And Steve Wilkes said it starts with him. He said they're going to work on it in practice. But until you see it on the field... I do like 
Wilkes's response there. I mean, I think I've told you before, I, I like some emotion out of my coaches, whether it's the head coach or the, uh, you know, the coordinators. So to hear him take responsibility to come out and, uh, you know, his opening monologue there and say, it is going to get better. It starts with him. They know what they did. It's not going to happen again. That makes me feel a little bit better, even though you just dropped that, that those stats on me that I didn't like too much. I like, no, I mean, I, I like him taking accountability and responsibility for his unit. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, I think that that is a good coach. Uh, that is a good quality to have in a coach, certainly a defensive coordinator. I think Steve Wilkes is going to get some looks for for head coach um, in some markets. Mm, even over one year being a one year experience being a coordinator. I think the way that he's the what I've seen from him is that I think that he is going to get some looks. I'm not saying that he's going to get hired, but I do think that there is going there are going to be people interested in having Steve Wilkes come in as a head coaching candidate. So Steve Wilkes isn't going to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Um, so one of the, moving on, one of the, the the controversial takes, one of the hot takes from this weekend, and, and, I, and I'd like to say maybe I threw some gasoline on it as well when you and I were talking in, in New Orleans, was uh, Coach Rivera's decision to sit on the ball with 45, 46 seconds left. I think it was 56, actually, with two timeouts. It was 55. You had three shots at it and you yeah. got it wrong. Well, I had, uh, more, I had three <laughs> shots at the game also. So. <laughs> uh, so they had, yeah, the Ron Rivera gets the ball back with uh, 55 seconds left and two timeouts at their own 19-yard line. They don't take it. Here's why there are a couple things that I don't understand about this. But the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, – take you through what I think was Ron Rivera's thought process. In okay. It. Okay. Ron Rivera at his heart, no matter how many riverboat Ron gifts and memes you see is a conservative coach. And he always has been, and he always will be. And he looked at a team that had not been playing well offensively that had made multiple errors, uh, on offense and on special teams, including turning the ball over and giving, giving the New Orleans Saints a short field that they were able to turn into a touchdown. He looked at the Carolina Panthers and said, do I think what's more likely that the Panthers are going to go 60 yards in, in 54 seconds and then we're going to kick a field goal and make it 21-17 and get the ball back and everybody's going to be rich? Or is it that we throw two incomplete passes or three incomplete passes and then give the ball back to Drew Brees or make a mistake and turn the ball over and give it back to Drew Brees. Yeah, but in that situation with 50 seconds, whatever it was, I like mixing up that time, but can't you throw two incomplete passes and then take a knee on third down? I, you can, but I think that I just think that in Ron Rivera's mind, he thought that there was more. It was more likely that the team was going to make a mistake and turn the ball over than it was that they were going to kick a field goal. So you just told me the head coach has no confidence in his offense. I think in that situation. In that situation. Yeah, that's what he was telling. See, I, I, that's what he told the offense. You know, Can I tell you this? Sure. So Ron Rivera, since 2011, the Carolina Panthers have gotten the ball inside their own 20 with less than one minute left in the first half. Do you know how many times they have thrown a pass in that situation? What was the number? 21. How many times they've thrown a pass Yep. and getting the ball inside their 20? Inside their own 20. With less than a minute. Less than a minute. The same situation that, that they had on Sunday. Hmm. I'm going to say 10. 
four. Four. Huh. And two of them were in 2013. So in the past four years, he has, Ron Rivera has decided to go for it with less than one minute on the clock in the first half. So he just once. doesn't do this. Nope. We should we should all know by now that exactly. he just does not do this. So even though the situation of the game, you're in the dome, you know the Saints are going to put up more points, right? You don't think even in that situation that the coach should be taking advantage of every single opportunity on the offensive side that they get. But Zach... Do you know what the name of the podcast is? <laughs> we do not talk about whether we think that he should have done it. We talk about what it is, sure. and it is what it is, that Ron Rivera, when he gets the ball inside his own 20 with one minute left, is not going to try for points. It's just not going to happen. So for you to be disappointed is you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment in that situation. So if you're not going for it and you're going to sit on the ball there, why do you run it twice? That I don't have an answer for. Let me tell you what else I don't have an answer for. There's a penalty on that punt. Why do you take the five yards? Why don't you just make him re-kick it again? Yeah. Maybe you got a shot at a... Maybe he shanks it out of bounds. Maybe you get a return. I was asking that question as well. The These are the things that I'm more willing to argue about than... Oh, they should have just thrown it deep, and well, Rod so, was going to go crazy, and Cam's the best quarterback. What's going to happen is that when when you, in that situation, once it's at the 19 with 55 seconds left, the half's over. So let me tell you also what it is here. Just looking, comparing the two different coaches there. In the first drive, fourth down, in the red zone, Peyton goes for it, touchdown, right? He understands what's on the line. He's that type of coach. He's aggressive. You know, would, would the Panthers kick in that or Would the Panthers go for it in fourth down in that situation? Maybe. I, you, could probably, you could probably pull some stats up that show you know they're going to kick the ball, right? They're going to play conservatively. Um, and then when it got to this point at the end of the, end of the second quarter, the Saints were at third and 17, and Sean Payton calls a timeout. They're on their side of the field way deep into their side of the field. Sean Payton calls a timeout on third and 17. And I was, I was trying to think through what his logic was, what he was, what he was doing there. And, you know, we had a good conversation about it, but you know, there were a couple things. Oh, there's, there's a re there's two reasons why. Yeah. Are you going to say, do you want to say the two reasons? No, I'd like for you to tell me. So the two reasons why are, I'll tell you what, what, what I thought the reason was. Okay. I thought because he knew he was pretty confident based on the same data that you threw out that Ron Rivera wasn't going to go for it. And he had confidence in his quarterback to give him a shot at third and 17 to get the first down and still have time on the clock for them to come down. And if it was unsuccessful, they were going to punt. Ron was going to sit on it. They were going to go into halftime. I think he, I think, yes, his timeout was twofold. The first one was that he thought that they were going to pick up that third and 17. And in the event that they didn't pick up that third and 17, he wanted as much time on the clock as possible if Ron Rivera decided to go for it and they went three and out. That he was going to get it back. That he was going to get it back with some time. with 15 seconds and no timeouts, Drew, he's going to give it to Drew Brees and let him go. Yeah, and that's why Ron Rivera didn't want Do you think there's wanna, any correlation the between the head coach's overall attitudes and the play, the confidence that their players have on the field and the way they play? Mm, that's an interesting question. I I think that 
yeah, the way the way that the head coach kinda the way like, that the head like, coach runs his team is always going to infiltrate the player the locker when, room. When the Saints tied it against the Redskins and lost the lost the uh, the coin toss in overtime, who did you think was going to win that game? Well, first of all, the answer is the Saints. By the way, the Saints were going to win that game. No Kirk Cousins likes that and <laughs> he is good in overtime i was trying to figure out game. how i could phrase i like play that confidently because their coach is confident in them i believe that wholeheartedly i yep. believe that is what it is i hey i i'm not arguing with you and i but i think that the way that the panthers play may come from their quarterback more than it does from their head coach it used to come from their head coach. It used to be when they were tough and, and uh, you know, they were more of a hard-nosed football team, but they're, they're not there anymore. Yeah, Ron said in his press conference yesterday that he liked to, that the Panthers' personality was that they liked to run the ball. You know how many times they ran the ball in the second half? Um, I think it was six? No, it was three. They ran it three times, and one of them was the second play of the second half. So after the no, no. second play of the second half, okay. they ran the ball twice after that. And Jonathan Stewart was none of those runs. So Jonathan Stewart had 11 carries for 45 yards and then never touched the ball again. Wow. So, and you asked Shula about abandoning the run? Uh, yeah, he said, he basically was like, you know, maybe we could have gone back to it a little bit more. He, you know, he kind of, he, he, he always loves to talk about it. And if you'd like to hear the full uh, press conference, it's available on theriotreport.com. That's theriotreport.com. Uh, he always is is a little bit, you know, he's willing to take some blame, but I, I think he also, you know, they were down by two scores, and so he may have gotten caught up a little bit in wanting to catch up as fast as possible. And just like you said, that Drew Brees and the Saints are going to score points, so he felt like maybe he needed to push it and score some more points. Yeah. So, so that hurts. <sighs> that loss hurts. That loss hurts. So here's what's crazy, right? Is you went in Sunday morning to New Orleans saying that the Panthers are competing for the NFC South division crown. Right. And now, on Tuesday, are the Panthers competing for that NFC South division crown? No. It's what gone. they are competing for is the sixth seed in the NFL in the NFC playoffs. And not even the fifth seed. Not even the wild card. At this point, they're pretty much pigeonholed into fighting for that last spot that's correct and we're saying that why because now with uh the, with the the seahawks beating the eagles and their remaining schedule yep the seahawks seahawks don't have it super easy but they do have two home games so they're gonna finish they they're gonna they're ahead of the panthers in the tiebreaker and they're gonna finish 10 and 6 at the absolute minimum right uh if you personally i think they might finish 11 and 5 but they have Jacksonville uh, at home. No, that's in Jacksonville. Ooh, Everybody knows pools. the yeah the oh, the cozy confines of Everbank Field. Uh, <laughs> Blake Bortles terrifying on the road. So still kind of at home though. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they've got the Rams, but that one's in Seattle. Okay, and then they've got that they, the Rams will be coming off the Eagles game too. Mm. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then they got the Cowboys. W. And then they've got the Cardinals in Week 17. Yeah. So that's Still also in Seattle. Yeah. So you're looking at ten and six, eleven and five. It feels but, like they could win all those games. I agree. I agree with you. I think that the the if you're going the to the Rams are the biggest question. Pencil in 
a team into the fifth seed, I think it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah, but can we do the whole traveling to the East Coast thing? Yeah, no, absolutely. That I does think, have some I effect think, on them. I, I don't think that the I don't again. I don't think that they are going to go. Yeah, no, I get it. Twelve and four, but I do think that the Panthers. If the Panthers want to make the playoffs, they need to go eleven and five. So the Panthers have to win three out of their remaining four games to make the playoffs. Because you're telling me at ten and six. They are not going to make it because because of the tiebreakers because there are going to be so, other ten and six teams. Ten and six is going to get very complicated and confusing. Okay, if the Panthers go ten and six, there are other teams that may finish ten and six. That that's the only. I mean, the there are so many teams that are in the wild card hunt right now. Are not so many. You're basically Seattle, Carolina, Atlanta, Detroit, and Green Bay, and Dallas. Are all fighting for two spots. Dallas, you can. I'm I'm ready to cross off Dallas. Yeah, me too. Uh, Green Bay has Brett Hundley for the rest of the year, so they're going to be. Oh wait, what? <laughs> oh no! Dude. Breaking news: Aaron Rodgers comes back in two weeks. Oh, when's wait? Who are they playing in two weeks? Oh, I don't remember. They're playing at Carolina. So should we be worried about that? We probably should. Okay. Also, um, but it's not like the Packers have. Oh no, they're playing the Browns this week. So. The Packers will be seven and six coming into Carolina in a game that they know that they need to win to then get the tiebreaker over Carolina. Right. With Aaron Rodgers in his first game back. So we know that either the Lions or the Packers are going to be eliminated because of their week seventeen matchup against one another, right? Yes. So we can we can toss one of those teams out. Right. One of those teams is going to have seven losses. Yes. So now it's the Packers, the Panthers. And the Seahawks. And the Falcons. And the Falcons. And people are cheering for the Falcons this this Thursday. No, you shouldn't be cheering for the Falcons. <laughs> the Panthers are not going to win the NFC South. So it I, I think that, feel like I it, think right? that you got to look what, at what it. would happen for what, what would need to happen for them to win the NFC South? That means the Saints are going to have to lose two games. The Saints have the the Falcons twice. They're at home against the Jets, and then they're at the Bucks, right? Yes, that's correct. They're not losing twice. No. They're not losing twice, but and it also means and more importantly, twice. more importantly than the Saints' record, the Panthers have to win out. Have to win out to win the NFC South, and the Saints need to lose twice. And if they lose twice, it means they probably lost to the Falcons twice. Probably once, at least once, yeah. right? So, yeah, they probably lost twice to the Falcons if they lost, which that would be crazy if that happened. And then ended up playing them in the playoffs would be yeah. Um, I just think that they're. When you look at who the Panthers have, let's let's ignore, let's wipe away all the all the rest of the NFC wildcard talk that we just went through, right? And let's look at who the Panthers have on their schedule. Four games. You tell me they have to go three and one at home against the Minnesota Vikings, at home versus the Green Bay, led by Aaron Rodgers Packers, at home versus the Jameis Winston <laughs> Tampa Bay Bucks, and then at Atlanta. In the dome in Atlanta, have I told you how many uh, times we've won in the nine years that we've gone on that trip? No. Yeah, two. That's not good. Two and seven. That's not so good. It's not very good. That's not so good. Um, it's not an easy win. Oh no, no, it's definitely not an easy win. And I just think that the, I think that the Falcons are going to win two games. Are going to be nine and six going into that game. And I think that the Panthers are also going to be nine and six going into that week seventeen game. So 
we have been saying since the very beginning that if you wanted to watch a game for a playoff spot, we thought it might be for the NFC South division, but I think it's going to be for that wild card spot. You're probably going to want to come to Atlanta. So you're telling me that the Panthers versus Atlanta week 17 is going to be for the sixth spot. That's what I'm saying. Where are the Packers in though? Packers are still there because now you've got them beating the Panthers playing the Lions in week 17, which is probably going to put them at 10 and 6. So the Panthers are out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. You're, you told me a minute ago the Panthers have to go 11 and 5. If they want to, yeah, if they want to guarantee themselves a playoff if spot. If they're 9 and 6 going into Atlanta, then they're probably out. 10 and 6 is not getting the Panthers into the playoffs. You guys can't see it, but I just shrugged. <laughs> I, I just think that... That's scary, man. I mean, obviously, a lot can happen. Oh, and, a lot and can we're happen. we're playing on a lot of it isn't what it isn't, and it could be what it we're might doing a be. Lot of, we're doing a lot of prognosticating, a lot of a lot of ins and a lot of outs, a lot of what have you. But, 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 but what it is is they win three games they're in. That's correct. Yeah. Now let's talk about the first of those four games. Hey... <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings are 10-2. and two. Oh, They only scored 12 points against the Falcons. They scored 14 points against the Falcons. Yeah, whatever. Um, their defense is crazy good. Yeah. They are, so they are only allowing, if you are inside the 10-yard line, if you are in a goal-to-go situation, they're only allowing touchdowns on 46%. E. That's not good. Uh, they are ahead of the second-place team, which is Jacksonville, by 10 points. So... They're allowing 46%. Jacksonville, the next best, is allowing like 57%. Ew. That's not Damn. good. No. They're also uh, allowing, I believe, I believe that the stat is 27.2% third down conversion. That means if you're on third down, you're converting it a quarter of the time. Is that good? That's not good. Easy way to win? No. But well, it's not uh, like their offense is good. It's oh, not like no, the wait. Panthers get into third and long situations very often either. No. And <laughs> and the Vikings also have a top five offense. Adam Thielen is terrifying. Uh they also have a their offensive line is very good. You know who plays uh you know who plays tackle for them? <laughs> Who's that? Mike Remmers. Oh my god, this other line has to be terrible, right? Nope, it's not. It's really good. We're doing a lot of like weird sarcastic talking, but <laughs> the reality is is that the Minnesota Vikings are really good. And if you had told me before the season that their quarterback was going to be Case Keenan? Oh, I was gonna say that he was gonna be excellent and they were gonna be ten and two, I would have said, Oh, Teddy Bridgewater's back. And then and then you would have said, No, 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 it's not Bridgewater. I said, Oh, well, Sam Bradford, he really stepped up. I would never in a million years have told you that Case Keenum was going to be leading this team to 10 and 2. And that we're frightened to play them. Terrified. They're really, really, really good on both sides of the ball. They don't make mistakes. They force you to beat them. And unless you see an absolutely spectacular game from Cam Newton on Sunday, which could happen, it happens. Can I tell you who the Vikings have beaten? Yeah. They've beaten the Saints. They're good. Um, they have beaten the Lions. That's right. The Ravens. Yep. Uh, they beat the Falcons. Yep. They beat the Rams. Yep. Those are all good teams. How did Aaron Rodgers break his collarbone? The mm. Vikings broke it. Yeah. <laughs> the Vikings did it. So this is their third road game in a, in, in a row. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that 
I think that the Panthers have a chance to beat the Vikings. I'm just saying that the Vikings are very, very good at football, and it's going to take a superhuman, a Superman-type effort from number one to beat the Vikings. Right. And I think that he played very well in New Orleans, and the rest of the team let him down. And so the rest of the team just cannot let him down. So we always tell people, hey, come out on Sunday. This is a big game. We're going to need you. But that's not hyperbole anymore. Like, these all count. They all <laughs> we, These count. are all playoff games. Yes. And actually, so. it started this past Sunday, and they didn't perform like it was a playoff game. But this one is. No, it's, it's absolutely right. Every game from here on out is a must-win playoff game. And one loss will not eliminate them from the playoffs, but it'll make it a hell of a lot harder to get there. Yeah. Two losses. Two losses, and you can you can buy yourself a ticket to Vietnam on January 3rd because the season will be over. Is that where you're going? Maybe. <laughs> I hope not. I hope I'm going to L.A. on January 6th for that first game. Uh, but I just, you Me know. Too. I hope uh, in a couple of weeks we can talk about the wild card team going uh, on the road three weeks in a row to get to the Super Bowl. I hope we have that problem. Well, I think you can it's it's like one of those things where we're week to week. We're four weeks out from the end of the season, so a lot can change this week, you know. I mean, in reality, Drew Brees could break his hand on Sunday and then we're ta- it's a whole different story. But I just think that as the as we stand right now, the Carolina Panthers need to win three out of their next four to get them into the playoffs. Agreed. I don't think that that is hyperbole. No. Now, uh, with that being said, we are glad that you guys joined us, and uh, we hope that you will stick around right after this closing theme music. You're going to hear a couple minutes of chatting with my friend, my new best friend, defensive end Zach Moore. Great name. Uh, Great first name. Well, great first name. He spells it with an H, though, right? He does. He's an H guy. Yeah. Not into that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, if you like us, give us, uh, you know, go on and subscribe to us, rate us, do all those positive things. We need your help to grow and to, to keep spreading all this Panthers knowledge that we've given to you in Tell these your last friends. 45 minutes. Tell your friends. Bring your friends. I'll bring my friends and we could be friends. We could we do this every yards. week. He ripped off a 51-yard touchdown. Oh, my God. like vintage beast mode with that carry. That was uh, embarrassing. <laughs> you guys, this is the kind of stuff that you should be rating and reviewing us for because we maybe, are a... Maybe don't so, rate us this week. Come back and rate us next week. So professional. All right, we're out. See you at the tailgate. Be there. Or be square. Check it out now. Obviously, you got the call up to the, the active roster. Um, what what are the, you know, fans probably haven't seen a lot of tape on you. Right. How would you describe your, your play on the um, line? You know, I'll say, um, you know, I try to be as fundamentally sound as possible. Um, I feel like that's, you know, helped me sustain a, um, a lifespan in the NFL just being my fourth year. And, um, you know, I bounced around several places, but, you know, I've also took things from every, everywhere I've been and implemented in my game. So, um, you know, just a guy that works hard, you know, tries to put his, 
the defense in a position to be successful. Do you try to take stuff from other players that you've played with, like moves or, or things like that, or just? Yeah, definitely. I've been in the locker room with great guys, you know, from every team that I've been on, you know, just picking their brains, seeing what they do to be so successful, and just incorporating it in my routine, and you know, it's been paying off so far. What do you take from the guys on this defensive line? Oh, that's a great group. Um, probably one of the best groups I've been around. Great coach. You know, he's passionate. That's what I love about him. He's passionate about what he does. You know, it's more than a job to him. It was more than a job for all of us, so that's how we that's how we come in and attack today. It seems like everybody on the line has so many good things to say about Coach. Yeah. Um, you know, ironically enough, that was my first workout coming out of college. You know, he was my very first workout. Really? Yeah. Um, he came to my school at Concordia St. Paul. He worked me out. And, um, you know, he's a great guy, fired up, you know, loves his job, and uh, I love him as a coach. It's a, uh, I mean, that's a small school, Concordia mm -hmm. St. Paul. How big is the football program there? Uh, not very big. <laughs> you know, the most I ever played in front of probably about 2,000 people. Wow. If that, yeah. So, so that's like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's not a lot of people. Small Lutheran campus. So, did but, they did they want you to play both sides? Uh, no, I no. just strictly played defense. Okay. Yeah. And then did you, did you think you were going to make the NFL? Uh, no, not really. I mean, you haven't, there hasn't been, you know, a guy from my school to ever do it. You know, for me to be the first one, it's an incredible, incredible honor. You know, awesome. I'm proud to be from Concordia, St. Paul, and I'm a representation of it. Did you, uh, did they have like a big, like plaque on the wall <laughs> for you? Well, you know, there, you know, there's pictures and stuff around the area. Um, and I haven't been back in a while. I need to go back, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can't thank those guys enough, you know, for allowing me the opportunity to play college football and uh, getting this exposure to play at the next level. So is there is there any difference for you from P-Squad to active roster, just go to work? Yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, study your playbook, um, to implement the coaching, you know, everything they want, wanted to do. Um, I've been on the active roster before, so there's nothing new, but, you know, now I just want to take that step further and show that I truly belong at this level and on this team and on the roster. Did you, uh, I'm, you guys just watched tape today mm -hmm. of yesterday's game against the Saints. Uh, yeah. How, you know, what did you see? Why were they um, able to be so successful? I mean, we, we talked about it all this morning. You know, we didn't do our job. You know, we do our job. You know, don't make some of the mistakes that we made, and uh, the outcome would have been different. So, you know, just got to do our job, uh, stay disciplined, and uh, just play football. Are you getting a lot of phone calls for, uh, well, I was going to say, from Minnesota <laughs> people trying to get uh, trying to get tickets, but it's here, so probably not. Nah, no. I haven't got any calls yet, so, you know. But you were on, you were on the Vikings, right? Yeah, uh, 2015. Okay, so any any roster holdover from there still on the team? Uh, yeah, Probably, I know, right? I know, yeah, I know a lot of the guys, that, especially on the defensive line, uh, Coach Patterson, D-line coach, you know, I, I got a lot of a lot of guys on that team that I still talk to. So, can you give me a little like a scouting report on the the Vikings defensive line? Uh, they're great. You know, they're ten and two for a reason. So, you know, just gotta come in, see see what the game plan is, and attack it. Have y'all uh, have you started watching film on the Vikings at all? Or, uh, no, we just got done wrapping up um, New Orleans. So, as soon as they put it on the iPad, I'll get started on it. How do you like? Charlotte right now like just as a as a difference between Minneapolis you know uh, it's pretty cool there's a lot of cool people down here I never really lived in this part of the U.S. but uh, Charlotte's pretty nice I, I don't really get out much you know I, after I leave here I go home stretch foam roll get my body ready you know watch film and then 
no, video games sometimes, but that's about it. Oh, video games? Yeah. Right. What kind of video games? Uh, I play a little bit of Marvel's Capcom Infinite, you know, fighting games, uh, the new Call of Duty, Killing Floor 2, just a bunch of stuff. Oh, so you're a shooter, like a shooter guy? Yeah, shooter, yeah. fighter, something like that. Like, uh, like Christian. Christian's, that's what he's all about. Yeah. Yeah. So. I try to get him to play Madden, and he was like, I don't play. <laughs> yeah, I don't play, I don't play Madden. Like, I have it, but I really don't play it. Like, it's different when I was in college and high school. I love playing it, but now that I'm at this level, it's kind of it's kind of weird. What do you mean, weird? Like, it's... Like, like if you're starting a franchise, like I don't want to start it with the Panthers because this is my team and I'm on it. But then <laughs> right. again, I'm not gonna play with another team and win with them. So that's a that's a weird. That must be a weird conundrum yeah, to have. Like, I, I rarely touch it. Yeah, um, it's a little bit warmer down here than it is in yeah. Minneapolis right now. Yeah, but I lived in Dallas, um, so that was probably like the hottest I've ever place I've ever lived. So yeah. Know. It gets hot down here, but it ain't, it's not unbearable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, we're glad to have you. Yeah, I appreciate you.